You're about to listen to an episode where we talk about hunting. So you might be interested in my free guide on how to get started in deer hunting in Ireland. To get it, go to deerhunting.ie or click on the link in the show notes. From this guide, you will learn how to get a deer hunting license, obtain a firearm certificate, and get permission to hunt deer on a chosen piece of land. Everything is explained in simple language and in easy-to-follow steps. Get my free guide on how to get started in deer hunting in Ireland. Simply go to deerhunting.ie or click on the link in the show notes. You are tuning in to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. After you finish listening to it, why not take a moment to listen to one of the most recent episodes? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Tommy's Outdoors 24, and yours and my guest today is my good buddy Paul Dolling. Paul is an experienced hunter, and uh, I'm not going to lie, he's helping me a lot and answering all my newbie questions about hunting. So I was very happy to have him on the podcast. Um, Actually, it was a good day. We met in the morning before the sunrise, and we went for a little hunt on on the farm. Uh, Actually, it was more like a scout than a hunt. And after that, we attended a rot walk uh, in Killarney National Park, organized by Wild Deer Association of Ireland. Um, Paul was one of the co-organizers of that event. And during the event, we we learned a ton and we heard a lot about deer, deer biology, and uh, and, and in general, you know, how the uh, things are with deer in Killarney. Um, we're going to sp- talk in length about that in the podcast. Uh, and I feel like uh, even people who are not interested in hunting deer, but they're interested in deer in general, really should listen to that. That's that's something that uh, uh, I mentioned on the podcast, that hunters who were there, they, they most of them know these things, but I feel like especially non-hunters should hear uh, from a park rangers about, you know, how the situation looks like with the deer and, and, and you know, learn uh, about deer. Uh, if they if they like deer. So anyway, after that event, we uh, we uh, came back to Paul's place and we sat down and recorded a podcast. Um, so also it's uh, fair to mention that uh, this is kind of like a special edition of the epi- of the podcast. Um, and the occasion is that within a week, on the first of November, uh, deer season is expanded and you can now shoot females. Uh, actually, the license says females and antlerless deer, meaning that uh, a male deer without antlers can be shot, um, called hummel, I believe. That's how you call male deer without antlers. And also uh, deer that's less than a year, um, like calves. So uh, that is, this is important to know that this is a time... Uh, if you're if you're after population control, if you're after controlling number of deer in the area that's the time to do it because uh, you control number of deer by taking out females. Taking out males doesn't really do anything to uh, controlling number numbers of deer. Um, that's uh, females. You have to take females to control the numbers. So that's a, that's the a time to do it if you're um, managing uh, deer population in the area. But if you're managing deer population in the area, you obviously know that um, already. Uh, but for uh, like other hunters, it's just uh, you know more opportunities um, to take out an animal for the freezer. So anyway, um, I think I think that uh, that's enough for the for this intro. 
And without any further ado, Paul Dowling. Hello, everybody. Um, with me today, Paul Dowling. How are you, Paul? I'm good. Thanks, Sammy. All right. So, uh, so first of all, um, uh, we met like a couple of years ago at the Gun Club, um, and uh, I must say, uh, yeah. your your enthusiasm and, and and willingness to share your knowledge and and help me out as a you know beginner hunter is is great. So I just want to take that opportunity and say thank you for. No problem, Tommy. It's always it's always great to meet someone who is enthusiastic also. And has a hunger to learn, as I have had over the years. And I've always looked to someone to help me. So I, I, I like to share anything that I've learned. And uh, hopefully it helps you along the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and this is exactly, actually, this is exactly what you said when we when we met for the first time. And it's exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I like to share, I like to help. And, yeah. uh, you know, over over past uh, two years, I, I must say, you've, you've been my mentor and you can take it, you know, you take a call <laughs> from me and I say, very much. hey, Paul, you know, this and that happened. And then <laughs> we, 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 you kind of walk me through all this. So so uh, it's a great opportunity to say thank you. No problem. No and problem. um. So today has been a great day. The weather is uh, a little bit uh, like a typical Irish weather, like it's raining and it's cloud and mist and all that. We are well, it's be- typical Irish weather for September when you, one day you might have sunshine and the next day you have rain. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we have all extremes here. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a part of the game. So anyway, we started day uh, pretty early. We, we went for a, a little bit like a hunt, maybe hunt, not hunt. We just, we just we, looked at the farm. We, we brought, we brought you to a farm nearby here that uh, hopefully I'll get you permission on. And obviously we have to talk to the landowner first mm. um, where I've gotten permission. And I hope that you can get some successful hunts there as I have, but just a look to see what the lay of the land is. Yeah. And you can get familiar with the land and I'll introduce you to the hunter yeah. or sorry, the landowner. And uh, I have no doubt that he'll give you his blessing to hunt yeah. there when, when, thank you, when thank you meet him. Thank you for that. And for, for all you of you who's, who's listening and, uh, you know, kind of learn, try to learn about hunting and all that. This is like from, from my experience, like obviously all the hunters who are listening to that, they already know that. But all of, all of those who were trying to start is like it's such a great learning, even to go out mm-hmm. with someone experienced and even you know forget your firearm, just get the bino- binos with you, go there and just like even stuff that you told me today about the tracks and about how do you how do you kind of you know uh, can figure out what is going on on the land even if you're not there. It's yeah. like a huge huge learning and and yeah. we've been out for like I don't know forty five minutes maybe maybe, maybe forty five. Uh, uh, Maybe forty-five minutes. Ago. Not even an hour, and and like that's that's probably worth more than like a four days of me going on my own. Yeah, you know, because you that learning. Well, you still need to go on your own, obviously, and, and figure out a lot of stuff for yourself, and you won't get there until you do that. But at the at the end of the day, there's no harm in going along with someone. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm far from it. I I still enjoy going out with other people who definitely know a lot more than I do. Mm. But you pick up so much in a short length of time, where I've seen this before, mm-hmm. but now it makes sense. Yes. You know, where, where you see a track and now you can make sense of that track, mm. whether it's new or whether it's old. And it just helps. And, and of course, then you have to do your own research and yeah. you have to get out yourself to, to make sense of it even more. But yeah, I, I appreciate someone like yourself coming along and, and learning. Mm. 
uh, and I get the chance to share. Yeah, it's, so it's, 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 it's awesome. And you also need to figure out the, the land that, you, that you're hunting on. Exactly. You have to know where you're going to be hunting. Mm. Even, like we, we brought our rifles with us today, but to be fair, I didn't expect to get a shot and I didn't mm. want to get a shot. Mm. I wanted to show you where the mm. boundaries were, where it's mm -hmm. safe to shoot, where it's not safe mm -hmm. to shoot, what the lay of the land was, where you can go and where the deer are most likely to come out. And I showed you some tracks today, uh, some paths that they use to travel mm. from one side of the land to the other and where you might sit up and, and wait for a deer eventually yeah, yeah. in the future. That's that's a that's a that's a great point and like mm. you got to know the land like the the, 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 the the other the other farm uh it, it was like a last year I was actually get too close to deer they mm -hmm. were probably like 40 yards yeah. before I spotted them and obviously it was too close I couldn't do anything and mm. we kind of you know looked at each other and uh, it's, it's it's nice to, it's nice to know where deer are coming from get a chance to mm. see them uh, I, uh, ideally a hunter wants to see a deer before he shoots him you don't want to mm -hmm. just say there's a deer bang you want to observe a deer in its natural habitat mm -hmm. uh, a trained hunter has to recognize a deer that may be injured mm -hmm. for some reason yeah. maybe acting abnormal for some reason mm -hmm. um, might be out at the wrong time of the day and why that is Yes. Um, and part, part of being a trained hunter uh, of courses that you can do there's mm -hmm. several of them at, at the moment um, is to recognize a natural yeah. um, movement of, of a deer, how they move, what they do when they're when they're grazing, and then apply that then to when you cull the deer, when you take mm -hmm. that deer, uh, you can take it a step further and examine the deer, you can look for uh, any any abnormalities in the deer. And if if you get both, if you get an abnormal acting deer, mm -hmm. a deer that's acting funny out, out of mm -hmm. sorts, and you'll only get that from time out in the field mm. uh, and then yeah. you also find some abnormal lesions or maybe some uh, glands inflamed or something like that you can add yeah. two and two and then you might take it a step further and maybe send a bit off for mm -hmm. examination but all that starts all those things add up to make mm -hmm. a successful hunt and knowing what you're taking out knowing yeah. what you're shooting yeah so exactly so so, so you still hit another uh you mentioned this certifications so yeah. this is this is one of the things that 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 interests me like so we have a hcap certification yes. in, in ireland yes which uh, i think shortly will become mandatory yeah there are talks about hcap or some form yeah hcap or equivalent hcap or equivalent yeah and i um i have done the hcap i've done it many years ago uh just for hunger for knowledge uh i done it even though i didn't need to do it i also did the train hunters course a few years ago again i didn't have to do it i wanted to do it but i think every hunter should take it upon themselves to in you know hmm. gain as much knowledge as they can yeah because it makes for you know you appreciate the hunt a lot more when yeah. you know what's going on. Oh yeah, and 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 like I I absolutely love the the instructions for H Cup, which I which I really have a fun studying and yeah. reading and making notes and like yeah. even you know at some point it became to me obvious that you know as long as you take a, a you know that workshop before you're probably good yeah, to go I, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But nevertheless, like that that is that 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 it's called Stockers Manual. I keep that thing, you know, with all my gear because it's it's sort of a book that you that at least I'm coming back and just saying, okay, I remember something, and you and you go back yeah, and you can, can read about deer. you can refer. Yeah, yeah, you can refer about deer it's, biology. It's and always good. And, it's always good to find out as much as you can about anything you're doing, like yeah. be it f sports, mm -hmm. any kind of football hunting. Hunting falls into those categories. The more you know, the more you'll enjoy it, and the, the better you'll get. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah HCAP are equivalent. I'm not saying anyone is better than the other, but there mm -hmm. definitely is a need for uh, hunters in general to gain as much knowledge as they can. Yes. Before they 
think about pulling the trigger. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh, ab ab absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you you mentioned train hunter. Yeah. Please tell us about that that train because this is like when I'm asking, okay, what is the next step? And or what is the next certification? I'm I'm usually getting like a kind of vague answer. Yeah. Oh, there's the DSC two in UK. DSC in the UK. Yeah. Because but DSC one, so so just DSC just to set up the stage. So HCAB is kind of equivalent of DSC one, or they're kind of the same thing. So, in what is in the UK? The way the way they put it is, it's a minimum requirement. Mm. So the way the HCAB is formed is, it's a minimum requirement for hunters to be able to say, for instance, hit a deer size target mm -hmm. in the chest area. Mm -hmm. It's a minimum requirement and mm -hmm. to be fair, you should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So they, 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 they built this test up around a minimum requirement where you at least need to be able to shoot your shoot your gun mm. and you need to be able to shoot it to a reasonable amount of accuracy. So yes. that's what the, the HCAP is. And also the DSC one, to my understanding, mm -hmm. is also a minimum requirement. Yeah. Um, because DS there is a field test and this is, you're talking field about test, the field yes. test element of it. Yeah. So uh, the hunter's trained hunters course that I did didn't take into account the uh, shooting aspect. Oh, okay. However, it did delve a lot deeper into uh, like um, examination of carcasses, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, animals, what t different types of animals yes. you're hunting, what seasons. It just delved a little bit deeper into, say, for instance, recognizing um, what to look for in an animal yeah. when it might be sick or may not be sick. Yeah, so. because that gives you, as as if I remember correctly, that trained hunter certification gives you ability to put the deer carcass into retail chain yes. without yeah. like a examination by yeah. the by the it, authority. You are the authority. It puts, and you the, can... it puts the onus on the hunter then to be qualified, obviously, to mm -hmm. make the decision to say that this animal it was fit and healthy. And this goes back to my earlier comment about observing mm -hmm. an animal before it's yeah. shot. You yeah. have to see what it's doing. Is it limping? Is it acting funny? Is it just lying down all the time? You know, it's mm -hmm. anything that's unusual. Um, then you take it a step further, examine the pluck, mm -hmm. the, the lungs, the lymph nodes, the, mm -hmm. the, the nodes everywhere. And what you do is you, you then form the opinion that this animal is fit for consumption. I've mm -hmm. grolicked the animal clean. Uh, I, can, I, don't, I don't have to now take this the, the this uh, the entrails the the guts and so on to the to the uh, abattoir where where the animal is going to be processed yep. to be examined because I've done that process yeah. and I'm qualified to do you you sit a test you have to be qualified to do that mm -hmm. so then that just eliminates the fact that you don't have to carry now the head and the yeah. the entrails such to the to the abattoir and it just makes life a bit easier uh, any any country in Europe has the ability to sell on animals. And here in Ireland, it seems to be frowned upon. I just want to touch on this for a second. Mm -hmm. every, every country needs a game dealer. And mm -hmm. uh, game dealers get a bad rap. And, you know, sometimes, really? sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's not. You, we, we have to cull and we have to maintain a healthy herd in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And for that to happen, you're not going to, every hunter is not going to eat every deer it shoots. Mm -hmm. it, it just wouldn't just wouldn't be impossible so to maintain a healthy herd and well, I don't know if you have a big freezer a <laughs> big freezer it would be a mighty I, big freezer you have to have well you have to have a reputable game dealer where mm -hmm. you can sell on your, your, your deer and it can go into the food chain safely so yeah. this this all lends to that and um, 
it's a necessary evil. Like it has to be there. Yeah. So it's part. It's part. I and never. Parcel. I never. To be honest, I never heard that the game dealers have like a bad rap about that. You know, I obviously heard and 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 talk in the podcast a lot mm. about you know how hunting is struggling with acceptance and and a kind of image, but I never heard of that about the game dealers. Yeah, it just it see the over the years there's been a lot of poaching, and uh, uh -huh. poacher, poachers sell. They don't just shoot the deer for the fun of it; mm -hmm. they sell their deer. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to get too too deep into that now. But it's it's a lot. Of, it's a whole other story. But basically, they sell their deer to game dealers, and game dealers sell it on. Very and well. to eliminate some of that, they brought in the uh, trained hunters course. So at mm -hmm. least people were trained, and there was some kind of traceability. Right. So you bring in an animal. My number that uh, of my trained hunters course is attached to that animal. There's mm -hmm. traceability. I sell on that animal to the game dealer. The game dealer then can say, this this deer was shot by Paul Dowling. In Tipperary, in Kerry, in Dublin, wherever it was, mm -hmm. he observed the animal. I signed a declaration to say I, I observed the animal, I examined the animal, the animal is safe to consume, mm -hmm. and then it's sold on. So what on. is what is your responsibility then if, if the animal if the animal is uh, so so what risk are you taking? Um, well, hopefully no risk because you're do you've done your job properly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. obviously in case you you, you or someone didn't do the job, so what's uh, what. Because obviously that traceability, you know, someone's gonna get knocking on your door. So it's like, uh, uh, are you Paul Dowling? <laughs> that, that, that's that's fair enough. That's a fair question. I I don't I don't actually know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. How how far back the um, responsibility goes? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it 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 lends to any investigation that might happen if there yeah. was seen to be uh, tainted meat somewhere. Yeah. Um, if, for instance, I didn't do my job properly mm -hmm. and there was some kind of mm -hmm. infection in the deer, yeah. well, then at least they know where that infection yeah. came exactly. from. Exactly. So that might be not even yeah. down to responsibility, but more of, but a, more like of a, a traceability. Yeah, knowing that this is the yeah. area, this is the area yeah. where the deer was taken. And, then and probably then the very her quickly, herd is... Very quickly, something can be done about it then at that point. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a traceability more than responsibility. We are still responsible. Everyone is responsible. Mm -hmm. But it's a traceability. Yeah, I'd imagine yeah. more so than that. Else. Yeah, and and look, I would imagine like even without trained hunter, you you can still consume the deer like for your own consumption and your close family. So yes. that's probably where you want to do the even better job. You want to do to a make better sure job yeah. that your that your closest family not gonna get well, sick. You, <laughs> you you don't want to serve up something to your family that they're gonna end up yeah. getting sick from. No. Yeah. So you certainly want to make sure that any animal you shoot is mm -hmm. clean and and is clear of disease before you consume it. Yeah. And the same responsibility then goes to when you sell on the animal. So the biggest question now is like how so how to go about doing Doing train hunter uh, there's course. several courses now there's a, a new one after coming out in a couple of years the last couple of years mm -hmm. that I could give you more detail on if mm -hmm. I could if I had known that we'd gone down this rabbit yeah, hole yeah, yeah. there's a few places there's a few places I can obviously give you information about mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. but I don't have that information to hand right oh, now yeah. but oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a train hunters course there's a HCAP there's another um, yeah but I'm mo mo mostly program. mostly interested about like a next step of the HCAP and I'm considering that the, the train hunter yeah. being a next step from the HCAP so maybe yeah. you know we, we, well, we, we can we can put it in the, in the show notes like or, or something we, like we, that we can add something in yeah mm -hmm. I can tell you I can make a phone call and have oh, a, yeah, yeah. a couple of different uh, contacts for but you but that's for, you, can, you can do that course in Ireland is that yeah it? oh yeah oh, okay yeah, see they don't do the DSC 1 and 2 down here it's an English course. Yeah, I know. But it's definitely a good course to do for your own yeah. betterment. So, so I mean, like, like everybody who has a HCAP, they probably will go straight to DSC two. Uh, I'm not sure of that now. I, co I couldn't answer that question. Okay, that, because that, that that's because what they're I, because they're a separate. They were they were ah, based. I know what you're the the HCAP, to my understanding, was based around the DSC one loosely, yeah. and then it was the laws and such were different, obviously, in Ireland yeah. to England, and what animals are in Ireland and England, so they uh, tailored it to suit Ireland. 
So I don't know. I don't think that the DSC one will or DS the H cap will replace the DSC one. Yeah. If you wanted to do it, you'd so have to if do you want to do DSC two, yeah. they're probably gonna tell you you need to do DSC you, you one. You need to do both because yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't recognize H yeah. cap as an equivalent. Exactly, exactly. Oh, and like okay. that's only my speculation. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure about that, mm-hmm. but I'm sure. Yeah. That's a fair, it's a it's a it's a fair point. I, yeah. I never thought about that. But train hunter. So in short, once you got H cup, and for all of you who have a H cup, next step: hungry for knowledge, hungry for moving things forward. Yes. Train hunter is the next step. Train hunter's course just helps you to recognize diseases and different types of animals, what the animals should be doing, what they should look like, and so on. That's yeah, fantastic. And, uh, and on, on that, then there's also a lot of courses that say the Wild Deer Association do. We were mm-hmm. at the Wild mm-hmm. Deer Walk today. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of open days mm-hmm. where they'll do butchering courses mm-hmm. um, so so on hunting courses all, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff they're, they're not official but they're definitely something that you should yeah, go to just, a, just, a just so knowledge. as you understand I, okay if I get a deer what do I do with it mm-hmm. well you need to hang it in a fridge mm-hmm. this is how you break it down into man's, uh, man, uh, handle, handleable size portions mm-hmm. these kind of things these are all done with the Wild Deer Association and uh, the, there, there's several of them held over the year yeah. Uh, yeah, alongside and shoot days that we have as well that would um, help you to encourage guys to mm-hmm. improve their shooting skills. Yeah. So like they're more of a training day, fun day out with a comp, a competitive added, uh, edge to it. <laughs> and but it's only for fun. Yeah. But yeah. it's really it's really only for for fun. Have a day out. Uh, we've had barbecues. The last shoot day we had we had geez, we had eighty eighty or more attendants. Oh. Uh, we had a barbecue at the end of the day. And we had the shooting competition, right. and we also had the butchery com- butchery display. Oh. So it was very very successful. And um, obviously, then today, then we had the uh, the rut walk. Exactly. So this so, is so this is this is how educational. They, this is this is we, yeah. we roll back a little bit because because when when that, like you said this rabbit hole about certifications, yeah. but that was very good. Train yeah. hunter next training course. That's a that's a that's a takeaway. So after we came back from that from that farm and we kind of walked around. The next uh, kind of event of the day was the road walk in yes. Killarney National Park, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, t- tell us about it. And and you know, it was well, an awesome it's, event. It's, a, I think. it's an annual event that Wild Deer Association have been running for the last few years. And really, what it is, it's just to get people into the national park, get them to have a look at the deer that we have down here. They're the only native deer in Ireland. They're they're here thousands of years. They mm-hmm. like they came back with the Neolithic man. Mm-hmm. They they're here that long. As soon as the ice died back mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, we've had deer. We've you know they've been found, fossils have been found of them. So the red deer herd in Clarny is a very important herd to Ireland. It's mm-hmm. part of our heritage. And uh it's just a day to get out with the rangers mm-hmm. on the field who know all the deer nearly individually. Yeah. And they told us some stories about a particular deer who had was rather large and he they had a name for him and they have his antlers that once he died twenty points. Twenty points. He was so big. And they have his head once he died of natural uh, well injuries, he succumbed to injuries and had to be taken out. But um they have his head in in in, in Killarney House. Mm-hmm. So they they preserved his memory. Um all those things, the likes of the rut walk, you, you get to learn a lot about red deer. Uh, you can ask the, the the rangers any question you want about any anything got deer related or what the deer are doing. So we learned today that the at the moment there's an a uh, an over an overabundance of deer in in the national park. Yeah, and uh, they seem to be slipping back on their their maintenance of the deer. They have to cull deer, obviously, but um, they they we 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 get to enjoy that because. We get to see like lots of deer running mm. around, roaring mm. and shouting and fighting with each other and just 
getting to see the rut in all its glory it was it was magnificent yeah so i thought what did you think of it for yourself oh look it was like first of all bucket loads of knowledge and 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 like you said you know uh, I would probably can, you know, rattle off like a 20 questions, you know, for example, that 20 point deer. Yeah. I just wonder, is it because it's a red deer and is it because it has a crowns on the, on the tops of the, of the top of the antlers? Because like a, a elk or wapiti, mm. that, that's a bigger, that's a bigger deer, right? Yeah. But it doesn't have these crowns on the, on the top of the antlers. But I never heard about the elk, you know, 20 point elk. It's it's like a seven by seven, so, eight yeah, by eight. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like say 16 point, but yeah. 20 points. Diff- different, different so it's species. Probably because, yeah. of, because of the, of the crowns on, yeah. the, on the top. Well, they, they just, it, as, as the um, rangers spoke to us today, uh, they said that in the park, they, they have an abundance of food. So they've, they, they're mainly mm. grazers. They graze mostly on grass. Most uh, 50% of their diet is grass. They'll mm. browse also, but mm. grass is what they like to live in the edge of woodland where they've got access to grass. Now, in the National Park, they've got loads of grass. Mm. They've got any amount of it. So they're, yeah. they, they're afforded the ability to grow these magnificent yes. antlers. Yeah. And we got to see some of them today. Now, uh, as, the, as the, the park rangers said, that they, their average is 16, mm-hmm. but they, they have seen 18 pointers. And this one particular magnificent animal 20 got points. as much as 20 Un- points. So he must have been a beast to see. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen him, but I've seen a lot of the deer there over the years mm. and I've seen 18 pointers. Yeah, and like just the heaviness of the timber in the antler. Yeah, uh, you just it's and the, the size of these animals, they're they're you'd be in awe of them, like they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But to see them in all their glory, rotten and protecting their hinds, and and, and they hear the, and they the hear it in the, in yeah. the woods, you hear the roar off in the woods. It's fantastic. Yeah. So another thing, another another comment, like you're you're asking what I was thinking about. Um, I think that you know it's it's almost a pity that most of people who are there were hunters. And obviously, it's it's not because it's it's good, but I think it was so educational and and so much you know information about why calling and kind of lethal control yeah. uh, is important for deer for Necessary. for well being well being of, yeah. of, of a deer. It was it was very and it was very powerful coming yeah. from the rangers, from professionals, for people who really invested their 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 life and their passion and their 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 knowledge and their day to day work yeah. into that. And because like on this podcast and you know listeners of the podcast know that there was on many occasions I had a people who were like kind of declaring that oh they're against hunting or something yeah. like that. And uh, and my kind of mission and mission of the podcast is kind of try to fix a little bit perception and acceptance of yeah. hunting and yeah. i think that if if we had more of people who are genuinely interested in deer and the well-being on the deer yes. and maybe even and they're on their side like oh hunters are bad guys yes and hear that information like uh, that could like make them think it's like oh hang on a second i i i, I want everything because quite often it's an argument like i like deer I don't want any bad happen to deer. Yes. Period. Right. Yes. It's the end of a conversation. It's like no, there's much more to that because there's a limited area. That area has a carrying capacity. Yes. And if you carry, and the carrying capacity is going to be, you know, exceeded, exceeded many times over, yeah, then the bad things are it's happening. For, it's yeah. Really, what the what the rangers were saying today is that the national park is holding way more deer than it should do. Hmm. It's uh, it's it's damaging. The, the national park isn't just about deer. Hmm. It's 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 a national park in that it has a, a woodland. It has a, a whole ecology. There's, there's lots of things going on. There are a lot more animals there that we don't see. The deer are obviously magnificent and they're lovely to see. Hmm. But what the rangers were saying was um, to control the deer is to enrich the environment. Yes. 
So it's not for the detriment of the deer, but the enrichment of the environment more mm -hmm. so than anything else. So to keep the deer under control, as in you have a steady, healthy, safe number of deer in the in in the environment of the of the national park is the betterment of the national park. So yeah. you've got more species of birds, you've got more species of trees, you've got more species of ground mm -hmm. animals, small animals, everything increases. Mm -hmm. And it's not for the for, for the sake of shooting the deer. Deer are naturally predated on in yeah. in in going back in the wilds where where they're not actually in the wild now in the national park. They've mm -hmm. got wolves, there's bears, there's coyotes everywhere. Mm -hmm. Deer are predated on. It's mm -hmm. just natural. That's why they breed. They're so evolved. They're they're evolved. They're evo yeah, exactly. Yeah, they breed mm -hmm. fast because that's their survival strategy yeah. to survive. So when they're not being uh, managed by wild animals then that, that strategy goes against them because they breed so fast, mm -hmm. they'll outbreed themselves and they'll eat everything on, on, on the ground to a point where they'll actually die. Yeah. They'll, 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 uh, they'll breed so fast, they'll breed, they'll eat everything and they'll hit a bad winter, half of the animals will die and they'll die horribly. Yeah. It's not a nice thing. There's probably someone listening to that podcast right now and say, you need to introduce wolves, bro. You need yeah, the wolves. Yeah. I can just see a wolf running through the streets of Killarney. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Exactly. Yeah, and to a point, I'd say, yeah, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? But Ireland is a small country hmm. and there's not many wild places left in the country. So we need to manage those wild places. Yeah. And by having deer, we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. We all want to see deer. We also have a responsibility to control those deer mm -hmm. and to maintain a healthy herd. And mm -hmm. that's really what yes. the ranger was hitting on today mm -hmm. is uh, to maintain and to know what's on the ground, yeah. take out the appropriate amount and the appropriate amount of animals, the right types of animals to take out. Mm -hmm. Leave the, leave the healthy breeding males there, take the very young, take the mm -hmm. very old, mm -hmm. and a certain amount of females have to be culled every year yeah. to maintain a healthy herd. That's, that's really what controls population, that's, that's females. Females. Right? Yeah, like even like they, he said today, mm -hmm. like only small percentage, like a 2% or 3% of stags that are actually breeding. That's it, yeah. And the rest of it like, like pushed away. We, so, saw it, we saw it ourselves today. We saw what? Yeah. Out, of, out, out of all the groups of deer, we saw seven or eight groups of... Uh, deer with one master stag in it maybe two or three big stags that wanted to get in there mm -hmm. and if we were to look out over the hill the other side of the hill mm -hmm. there was a herd of male deer sitting there doing nothing yeah and yeah. they won't ever do nothing yeah until they get for a few years time so you don't need to have a huge population of male deer in yeah. a, in, in a situation like that is what he was trying to say mm. now that's that's obviously a controlled area that the national park is a controlled area so that's mm -hmm. why they, they they managed to get to that where they've got so many deer there because they're not being shot at the moment they're, the maintenance mm -hmm. is the yeah. the rangers aren't being given the the resources to maintain the deer at the moment and uh it's unfortunate yeah. but um that's that's what we see that's what mm -hmm. we see there when we went there today we saw a huge group of male deer that were way off to one side mm -hmm. we saw several groups of hinds that are being managed by one master stag and then a couple of stags that's the dude. in a, in in a, in around there that may have a chance of breeding if they managed to push the master stag off that mm -hmm. was it so yeah. a very small percentage of the deer breed yeah i had i had that conversation uh, at least at least twice if not three times on the podcast about the introduction of wolves and the, and the like and as as much as i'm you know i'm i'm pro natural world and i and i love it and i in the ideal world i would love to see wolves and bears and all that yeah i think that the introduction of wolves in ireland or in british isles is a bad idea it's right. a bad idea too because small. because it's too small you will have these problem animals yeah 
and then it, it, everything will go downhill from that point. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I well, you take um, where they could put them in national park in the Yellowstone National Park in America. Yeah, they but the area in, they, they brought in wolves there, but there's such a vast area. Yeah, and that completely changed the environment. It actually changed the course of rivers. I've, I've seen several yes. documentaries yeah. about it. Yeah, it was the best thing ever done. Wolves changed the the balance mm-hmm. to to give a healthier population of elk. Yeah. The wolves are obviously there. There's more flora and fauna in the mm. national park now since wolves have got they there. They control the coyote, yeah. coyote population. Exactly. As well. yeah. So, so everything everything benefits by having a proper yeah. ecosystem. So you yeah. have predators, you have prey, yeah. and you have everything in between, yeah. and it all balances out. But yeah. Ireland is such a small country. Well, and ex- exactly. The pockets of wild areas are so few and far between. This is it. Wolves just are kind of a non-runner here. Like, yeah. So exactly. As much exactly. as we'd like to see them. Yeah, it's it's it's, so. it's 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 not a good idea. So another another interesting thing that was said that I that I you know I was wondering and I was inquiring about that never got a clear answer. So we have in Ireland this problem with with hybridization between native red deer mm-hmm. and Sika. Yeah, and and what's what's happening is like that hybridization, especially in the Wicklow Mountains. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, where where there's hybrids between uh, red deer and Sika. that's not happening in Kerry. That's why we have yeah. like a like a uh, uh, pure blood, uh, let's yeah. for, for the want of a better word, uh, red deer in Kerry. Yeah, they're protected. You cannot shoot them in in Kerry. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting what they said today that because like if if deer are not managed, if they're not called, they're kind of struggling for resources getting less food they're getting smaller and yeah. once they're getting smaller they more suited yes. to hybridize and because those deer are kind of healthy and yeah. big in carry yes then body size difference doesn't allow them to doesn't hybridize, allow them to hybridize yeah. which which is like i think fantastic like it's now when you think about it, it's so obvious right? yeah yeah it is yeah well let's see the the wicklow situation was different it was um that happened in captivity um Back up in when, now you're catching me. The mm-hmm. the names the um they hap- it happened in cacti- captivity in Wicklow. Basically, mm-hmm. the yeah. red deer and the seeker were brought together and they were m- almost made to breed. Mm-hmm. And then a, a group of hybrids got away and everything. basically basically everything and nature took care of nature the... took care of everything else, right? <laughs> so uh, basically, everything up in Wicklow is tainted to a certain point with yes. r- hybrid hybridization. Um, that hasn't happened down here because they were never forced to to uh, breed. They were never kept in captivity in close mm-hmm. quarters. Now, if you put uh, a red hind or a seeker hind in, into a pen mm-hmm. and put in a red stag, mm-hmm. he'll breed both of them. Yeah. If he can. Yeah. He's just hormones will take over and he'll do whatever he can to breed both of those yeah. in captivity. Now, in, in, in the wild, obviously, a seeker wants to stay with a seeker. A red wants to stay, even though they do mix and you see them, you mm-hmm. see them together. Yeah, they they tend to stick to their own. And would you will you see them together? Oh yeah, sure. We we as we walked through the park today, we saw uh, I saw a couple of groups of Sika uh, in the woods. Oh yeah, but the groups yeah. of Sika, but they're not actually oh, together see, in one group. You'll see them in one group. Oh, yeah, right. generally, generally you'll see in the national park. You could see uh, hinds lying down as you walk through the national park. You'll see them laying down in the meadows. You could see twenty or thirty reds, and you might see five or six Sika hind. Mm-hmm. in among them yeah not saying that they're breeding together but they're there and they're completely obvious that one is one and one is the other because yeah. it's size difference obviously yeah but um they haven't bred to the best of our knowledge here in, yeah. in clarny yet and hopefully that won't ever happen but it's all down to the people in charge making sure that they control yeah and make sure and uh, and hunters as well were responsible mm-hmm. for taking care of um 
of our patch of the ground. Right. So yeah, that's why we should be trained. If we, why everyone should should be trained. It goes back to why I I didn't have to do a HCAP. I wasn't part of mm-hmm. Elise. I didn't have to do it, but I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do a trained hunters, but I wanted to do it. Everyone should take the responsibility upon themselves to get mm-hmm. out there and find out as much as they can mm-hmm. about the, what they're doing. Yeah, not just get a gun. Yeah, walk out the door and point it at something. And shoot. Oh, I probably already said that on 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 one episode of the of the of the podcast when I was doing uh, HCAP exam. The the guy next to me. Mm. He 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 couldn't group four inch group yeah hundred yards prone yeah and like uh, that's not difficult that's worrying that's, that's worrying. exactly yeah. and now you think that you might be on the same patch of land mm-hmm. with a guy like that where he's kind of heart goes up yeah. and and he's like all fired up and like oh my god right <laughs> what was it like uh, never mind thinking about the backstop or anything yeah. like that is like oh. That's actually good that, you know, that... that. Well, unfortunately, doing the HCAP is one thing. It doesn't mean that you have to have the HCAP to be, to get a, a license. Mm-hmm. You can still go and apply for your license once you have all the criteria met. Mm-hmm. Once you've got permission to shoot in certain areas with deer and once you've got a, a suitable firearm, mm-hmm. once you jump through all the hoops, mm-hmm. you can still go and get a firearm and go out and shoot. And that's the unfortunate situation. That's a, current, that's a current situation. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I'm taking... I'm liking you- it to the driver's license. Mm-hmm. Okay, a few years ago, I mm-hmm. could get a, my provisional license. When I started driving, I got my mm-hmm. provisional license. I could jump into a car and drive. And yeah. I did. Yeah. I got my... Now, obviously, I'd gotten a few lessons off my dad at the time. Um. I got my provisional license for a car, jumped into it and drove to Kerry. I'm from I'm from Tipperary. Yeah. First yeah. day. Yeah. Right? Nowadays you have to have a certain amount of miles done with a, yeah. a qualified instructor. Yeah. Before you can get into that provision, that provision, like, you know, obviously, I'm from the country where that 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 thing works quite differently. Yeah. I couldn't, I just couldn't get over about it's the crazy. I- idea yeah. that you that you driving your own car then to the exam. You fail the exam and you, drive and, you, and, you <laughs> and you get in the car and drive back. It's like, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, unfortunately, shooting in Ireland is at the point where it's like that. Mm. You can get a provisional license. In other words, you can just get your gun license. You yes. have to jump through the hoops. You have to show that you're a member of a club. You have to show that you've got land to shoot on. You have to d- jump through all those hoops. You can go and pay for your gun. You can walk out the door with a gun. Yeah. You might be left to put the scope on yourself or you may have asked the guy in the shop to do it for you. It may or may not be zeroed. Yeah. There's at no point... And you might or might not about yeah. safe taking what so- shot at is no safe. Point, or now, obviously, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, touch wood, but at yeah. no point has someone said, how does that work to you? Do you know how where to point, what mm-hmm. you should and shouldn't do? Mm-hmm. So in my mind, and I could put, I'd be burnt at the stake for saying this, mm-hmm. but there should be a test before someone gets... Oh, I, I totally agree. I think there should be. I totally now, agree. A lot of people, a lot of people, uh, like in the Wild Deer Association, there's a lot of courses out there that people are doing to show people if they want to learn more about the firearms, mm-hmm. if they want to learn more about deer, but there's nothing mandatory. Now, like I said, I'll get burned at the stake for saying this, but I firmly believe that there should be a minimum requirement, mm-hmm. not you can have a minimum requirement if you want to. Mm-hmm. So that's just where, what I feel. You should have yeah. to spend at least a couple of hours on a range Mm-hmm. learning how to put on a scope address any problem that may arise mm-hmm. and can you shoot a group at 100 yards yeah three things yeah very simple things there should be a minimum requirement once you've that done fine jesus yeah have fun enjoy yourself yes get out in the wild i totally i totally agree with that yeah. there, there, there should be there should be uh like that listen um so 
do you think that hunting is difficult? Yes. It, okay. That's, it can that, it can that, be. Yes. That, that 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 actually you know I'm I'm glad to hear that because I find I find it you know obviously I was uh, and again listeners of the podcast know that my my background is in fishing I was, I was mm. angling for for many many years. And uh, you know, I, I found hunting like a natural progression. Yes. Kind of like a next next thing. And um and obviously don't get me wrong, angling can be difficult, especially if you're having like this particular method of catching this particular fish. Like mm -hmm. it can be difficult. But overall, you know, for like a entry uh an entry uh, uh barrier or like a like a level it's much lower. It's much easier to go in, catch the fish. Like with, and I'm not even talking about the license and gun yeah, and all yeah. that. I'm talking about knowing the land and kind of being able to stalk into the animal with and, and be, all, all. being familiar with your prey. It goes back to learning. Yes, being familiar with the act, like the the normal rhythms and movements of a deer, mm. for instance, or a rabbit. Yes, or fox. How yes. they operate. It's all fundamental. It's all the basics. You need to know all this stuff. And you can know it. You can read it from a book. But mm -hmm. to apply that then into real life is different. You need to know about the wind, which way it blows, mm. which way you should approach to get the best results. Some of these things, you can read them in a book and they will not apply to you until you have done them. Mm. So you can walk oh, out yes. to a field 10 times and go, can't understand why there's no deer here. There's loads of tracks. Mm -hmm. I've been here in the morning. I've been here at nighttime can't see any deer why is there no deer tracks everywhere mm -hmm. and then you might read a book and or you might talk to someone like mm -hmm. you're talking to me or vice versa i talk to you or mm -hmm. so on this is uh which side are you coming from well the wind is blowing that way all the time why don't you come in from the other side yeah and all of a sudden you come in at the right time aha uh -huh. the wind is the right way and all of a sudden hunting is not difficult anymore mm -hmm. it makes sense yeah but you have to make sense of it and the same applies to your fishing Mm -hmm. I couldn't go out now and catch a particular type of fish if I wanted to because mm. I've yeah. never, I've never, I'd have to ask you yeah. what's the best lure, what's the best rod, what's the best yeah. line and leader, what's yeah, the best, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. this, that, and the other. And the Bains same applies. The tide and same, all that. Yeah, exactly. So it same applies to hunting. And it sounds silly, like don't walk into the wind, have the wind coming towards you. So on. Like, but but some but sometimes it's so such a you know like a thin line you know I I would like to share that story I, I you've you've already never heard that uh, before you know I was sitting on the mountain like a hill yeah. right and I was sitting on a hill and I was looking down and I really didn't want to you know wasn't counting on shooting anything but like you said kind of see where the deer are coming yeah, yeah. right and the wind was kind of uh, blowing across mm -hmm. so. So it, it was like, almost imagine, like, you know, obviously people can't see me, but it was like going from left to right. Yes. And I was kind of looking forward and I see the deer, right? And I saw that deer, that deer was, was maybe 300, 400 yards. Yeah. He couldn't see me. I was sitting, not moving. Yes. Even right. And I looked through the binoculars and that son of a bitch just looks straight at me. Mm -hmm. It just looks straight at me. <laughs> and the next thing he does, he just jumped like a make it like a circle yeah. and looked at me again. It was almost telling me like, come and get some. <laughs> it was almost like he said, come and get some. I was yeah. like, uh-huh, I know, buddy. You know well that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And the wind was kind of across. So well, you see, if in a situation like that where you're up in a mountain, right? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not familiar with where you were mm -hmm. at this time, but I can only guess mm -hmm. and make assumptions on what I've done myself in the past. Mm -hmm. You could be sitting up on a mountain and the wind could be blowing, like you say, left to right, mm -hmm. but it could also blow across the side of that mountain that you're sitting on mm -hmm. and swirl yes. down into the 100%, land. That's 100% what had to happen then. And 
there. I'm not saying that happened, but that could have happened. You know? Oh, it it was yeah. it was exactly because yeah. it was down and like yeah. it like even even the gesture with your hand yeah. that you they would explain. But yeah. I was so stunned that 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 animal was just looking straight at yeah. me. But on, on the flip side, as we both spoke about today, you've had an experience. You told me about it where an animal walked straight towards you. Yes, and perfect storm. Yes, exactly. Everything everything was in your favor. You sat still. The wind was blowing the, in mm-hmm. your favor. Everything happened. That deer just didn't even know you were there. He walked straight towards you until you had to make a noise. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, these things happen. Uh, it was it was strange because like, what what are you going to do, right? Yeah, like, yeah, my yeah. rifle is zero at 100 yards and this this guy was like maybe 10. Yeah, yeah. Less yeah. than that. So I, I finally made a noise to kind of like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and on that, can can encounter with deer, can it be dangerous? Um, I've I've not known anyone to get injured by deer, but sometimes you can certainly see red deer in the rut. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to approach a red stag, a stag in the rut mm-hmm. because they just have one interest, and that's to mate with their females. And if you come close, you're a threat. Mm. So I've I don't I and haven't big I've seen animals. videos of guys on YouTube mm-hmm. in Richmond Park over in England where they've gotten chased by deer. Wow! Uh, like that, I wouldn't chance it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You'd want to be very. It goes against anybody's better nature to mm-hmm. walk up to an animal that weighs up, upwards of 250 kilos with yes. a set of antlers essentially swords sticking yeah. out of their head yeah. that could reef you you wouldn't want to do that so yeah. they won't bother you if you won't bother them mm-hmm. uh, anytime I've been out hunting I've actually gotten very very close to deer mm-hmm. red deer and seeker deer where you're doing your best you're walking with the wind in your favour you're very quiet you might tip along mm-hmm. you might all of a sudden step on a branch mm-hmm. and Two yards or five yards ahead of you, yeah. The bush jumps up. Well, that happened. And the bush, to the bush turns into a deer and runs off. But that's what they'll do. They'll they'll rather get away from you than mm-hmm. face you because it's in, it's in their nature. That's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, the 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 the, the, the seeker hind just jump out of the bush yeah, and I was yeah. like touch it. Well, I actually touch the bush and yeah. that kind of springs like and and or run see, away. It's like, Whoa! Seeker can be very funny. They if they see you from far away, they'll they'll just mosey on. Mm-hmm. If you happen to get within a certain distance, I don't know what that distance is, could mm-hmm. be 50 yards, mm-hmm. they tend to sit really still. And if you get closer again, then they'll bolt, mm-hmm. right? But I've gotten, more more often than I care to mention, walked right up on a bush where a deer just jumps out of and mm-hmm. whistle alarm calls and mm-hmm. takes off. Yes. Now, they must have seen me. So I, my, my theory is that they, 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 have the, they have a distance where they go, right, if I sit still, they won't do anything. But then yeah. that that closes in then to a point where I, they're too close now. I better go. That I better, you know? better go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you'll see you'll see a, you'll see a variation. Like there's no there's there's nothing set in stone when it comes mm-hmm. to hunting. Anything can happen. Yeah. I could tell you that you go out to that field out there now and there'll be a, a seeker stag there every day at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. You go out to that deer and he's not there. Well, mm-hmm. What happened? We talk goes back to what we talked about wind yeah. about approaching properly and all that kind of yeah. stuff so you don't know what's after happening in the field next to that yeah. whether he got shot already whether yes. he came from, well, whether, exactly. whether a car happened to go across the road two 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 miles up the road where he was walking by and he got hit by the car where he got spooked by walkers someone with a dog there's a yeah. million things can happen yeah so there's never a certainty in hunting you have to always take every day with and how predictable, how repeatable is the is the habit of the deer? So if you're if you see the deer like you know always coming out you know mm. through the through the uh, kind of gap in this hedge and goes that way how how predictable is is well, can you count on it that it's going to happen if, next if, day or you just just need to find out there's several things going to happen right and it goes back to you don't know what's going to happen 
before you got there you don't know if mm-hmm. there's people out walking dogs but in general if if a deer is not under pressure they'll hang around the same area like mm-hmm. Sika hinds have been seen in certain areas there they'll they'll stay within a couple of square miles of where they were born forever wow from the day they're born to so the that's day a home there. range right that's called home it's range home so range. they so they're very small a Sika stag for instance could have during the rut now obviously different times of the year different things happen mm-hmm. so during the rut a Sika stag if he's not able to hold his own hinds on this patch of land he'll get pushed off by the master stag and he'll move on until he finds hinds that he can breed with mm-hmm. so he can go 20 miles wow you know so it's it, when it comes back down to then how how um, habitual are they once the rut is over and all this crazy stuff ends mm-hmm. which is only a, like a month or two a month or mm-hmm. two in the year they will generally ease off and they'll go back to where they normally like to lay up mm-hmm. they'll find a, a patch of ground where they can they'll mooch around they'll 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 need grass they'll need some place to to lie up yes you know so once they find those areas chances are they'll probably wander around that area eating and and feeding and staying safe yeah for for uh, most of the year and then come come the the rut then they'll start to act a bit crazy again yeah yeah but nothing is set in stone i don't care what anyone says Mm -hmm. you you cannot you cannot bet Yes. Oh, you what can, happens when you, you go can. hunting? But you can, you can. I suppose what you said, and and I, I can confirm that, that you can pick up on kind of rhythm of the nature. Yeah, rhythm. because because it, like like I was, I remember like it was always, you know, the there was a little getting like towards the sunset, and it was like always first the hare goes out, yeah, and then you see fox go somewhere else, yeah, and yeah. then you go deer, like yeah. So the next day you're sitting there and you're waiting to see the hare first yeah, like, yeah. oh there it is yeah. the next will be fox and then sure enough the next thing fox. the fox shows up yeah. and then the next things oh the deer shows up yeah. so you kind of get get a get a rhythm and then yeah. so the next like if you don't see the hare for example say oh yeah. something has changed something happened yeah. it might affect or might not affect the deer but yeah. it, you, you're kind of getting more familiar with the area yeah familiar yeah you'll get the rhythms you'll get the cycles you'll get to know what they want to do mm-hmm. but it doesn't always happen that way yeah because yeah. because of what i said about you don't know what happens in the field over to you mm-hmm. who's been out there has another hunter been there has uh, has a dog run run across the field mm-hmm. they'll obviously change their mind and they'll go the other way so mm-hmm. yeah you just don't know but yeah, yeah it's all down to getting out in the field getting a feel for the land and getting a feel for what the animals are doing and observation is the only way to do that yeah and getting out onto the ground let's roll let's, let's wind back a little bit to the rot walk uh that we attended today and and to the point that this is really educational event yeah and do you and do you feel like because we obviously had that had a chat before before we started recording that um on one hand the the point that i made that i would like to see more non-hunters mm-hmm. on that on that event uh to get an education and kind of understand that the lethal control or call is important for the well-being of a deer and and you know uh it, it's really needed um at the same point you 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 made a you made it also valid point that um is a, is there a danger of be- this becoming like a you know uh pushing content and, yeah, and an kind argument of yeah. an argument and like what's your what's your take on that because obviously that educational aspect is very important yeah. and and how to get out this educational message without getting confrontational and that's that's a hard one mm. because uh people kind of come with their preconceived ideas uh, they don't want to see anything happen to Bambi, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, if you have an open mind and you go 
to something like the rut walk and you hear people talk like the rangers spoke today about how the deer are needed to be controlled mm-hmm. and you don't take that and go oh my god you're going to shoot bambi mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can if you can understand and i'm not saying people won't understand but if they have an open mind and are willing to listen to people talking about what needs to be done as opposed to what they think would be lovely mm-hmm. that everyone could live in harmony and the deer mm-hmm. could bounce around the streets and mm-hmm. nothing ever bad would happen yeah. to them yeah. Yeah. but reality is that the deer need to have uh, uh, the right amount of food. They need to have the right amount of balance of everything for everything yeah. to work. So as a result, they need to be called. If they can go and listen to that, well, then fine. I, I didn't, I'd encourage anybody to come along. Yes. But so, but you might have one extreme to the other. Like I wouldn't go on to a, a group who are vegans. I'm yeah. not saying vegans are bad people. Mm-hmm. They've, they've made their life choices um, and say, We'd like to invite you to the Wild Deer Association. But I think that they, shoot they, day. they well, uh, not a shoot day, but a rut walk. A rut, like, like I, I think that yeah. these, these, this is precisely the group yeah. that should go to the rut walk and kind of and and understand. Mm. So they're not kind of living. And obviously, there are people that are closed minded. Yeah. But uh, you know, if out of this group, there's like one out of ten. Yeah. That's like aha. Like I like I want I want well be I, I I my interest is the well being of deer and yeah. actually this is yeah how we, it's we're happened. not like I wouldn't be forcing that person to come and eat a steak with me yeah because they've made their decision they want to eat be oh, yeah. vegan whatever so on but I I encourage them to have an open mind as to what really does have to happen yes. if we want to have deer in the the world that we live in right yeah. now. Yeah, and how it is. Do yeah. you do you want to have all that deer kind of starving and and no, and and, and, and yeah. small yeah. and 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 kind of like anything? Yeah. So so listen, how do you, how people who are listening to that now, how they can get informed about rot walk next year? How they can? Well, everything should be on the Wild Deer Association Facebook page, mm-hmm. and the website is been is under new management at the moment. It's been brought up to date Mm -hmm. so we'll have the new wild deer association facebook uh sorry website page Mm -hmm. and that'll be up and running uh i myself have uh do as much as i can as in promote Mm -hmm. from my own facebook like just just sharing links and such of any events that i know of that are coming up when when we talk about like next week uh what's what date are we what date are we today so we've got the 13th 13th so next week we have the the sour rifles Mm-hmm. Are, are are good enough to come over to us mm-hmm. um, on the 20th and they're going to have a selection of their fine rifles to, for us to shoot in the Midlands range. Mm-hmm. So there's another event that the Wild Deer Association are uh, bringing, oh, okay. bringing okay. to Ireland for mm-hmm. people to experience. It's mm-hmm. a free thing you yeah. can attend. Um, you go up there, you get to experience Sour, mm-hmm. which make a lovely rifle. They have, they, have, they have their entry level, they've got their more expensive mm-hmm. and then we've got the very expensive mm-hmm. versions but they make everything in between well, yeah just about yeah. everything in the world yeah. the entry level so, medium and then they yeah <laughs> so you get a chance to to handle it and shoot down on mm-hmm. the range in midlands next week so that's okay just keep an eye out for these things like you'll see it on the facebook pages some people aren't on facebook you can check them out on the the web link the, mm-hmm. the website and all that kind of stuff and i like i said try to post up as many yeah yeah uh, I'm, and, I'm the, and you know my point is that anyone who is listening to that now you know and might might get interested not necessarily that's my whole point not necessarily hunter yeah. not necessarily interested in hunting but interested in a in a in a nature interested in a maintaining a healthy yeah. population of a deer 
they should really hear what we heard today yes. from the mouth of Rangers and, and kind of think about it like, aha, uh-huh, these are people who are doing that professionally. And I don't have to be a hunter. I don't have to go out there and shoot a deer. Yes. You know, I don't have to eat meat, whatever. But if I'm, you know, that's how it works. Essentially, yeah. that's how it works. We cannot pretend like a human hand is not at play. Yeah. It is. We're responsible for the world now. The, the mm. world that we've, we've created. Yeah. We're responsible for the maintenance yeah. and... Uh, yeah, for the good or bad. The good or that, good or bad, we're responsible. It it's humans are responsible for everything that we that we touch. Yeah. So we have to we have to take responsibility. It may not be nice for some people, mm. but yeah, it has to be done. You touch on the event that is going on uh, next week. On mm-hmm. uh, on a, um, I'm not actually sure if that podcast is gonna be uh gonna be up before that event is gonna happen. Probably not. But I wanna I wanna take that opportunity and touch on them. What part? How big part of hunting uh, kind of lifestyle and community is shooting and mainly sports shooting. Is that kind of like a necessary means to do what hunters do? Or is it like a big, you know, like a big part of what hunters do and they're all, you know, passionate about all mm-hmm. types of the guns and so on and so on. Like, well, you, you'll, meet, you'll meet a guy that bought a gun and he's shooting all his life and his dad shot. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. He just loves it. Mm-hmm. He might know that he has a gun. Mm-hmm. The rifle and it's he, he'll know the caliber two four three three oh eight whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll have that gun and he'll take that gun every time out he wants to go shooting, mm-hmm. and that'll be a tool for him to go out and enjoy the countryside and hunt, and hopefully maybe and take, connect take, with the land, connect with the land and get out get out and go for a shot, mm-hmm. and he might take that gun he'll clean it once a year stick it back in his safe and that's his gun. That's it. Then you'll meet the other extreme, which I I think I'm probably part of. I love shooting. I love it. When I'm not hunting in the winter, I'm taking part in competitions Mm -hmm. all summer. And I do it because I like to make sure that I can keep my eye I just want to mention the very good that you do because that's how we meet. Yeah, (laughs) we met at the range. Doing doing exactly like I I shoot the competitions at Mm -hmm. the range that I Mm -hmm. met you at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do that so that when I go out hunting, I can can be confident that I will take a good shot. Or... Mm -hmm. To the best of my ability, shot mm-hmm. because, like we said before, nothing is written in stone. You can be yeah. the best shooter in the world, and you'll still miss sometimes. Yeah. So it's a, it's a hunter's responsibility to make sure that he at least has a rifle zeroed and is confident to take a shot mm-hmm. at one or two hundred yards, whatever it is, and that uh, he stays within mm-hmm. the confines of his ability. So yeah, I shoot competitions all year, mm. as many as I can because I'm restricted with work. But um, and with the, with the mindset that if I shoot these competitions. I'll know what my bullets are going to do at a certain distance and I can go out and I can comfortably take a shot on an animal and make sure that I can make a clean kill. Yeah. And, and you're proficient with your rifle. Proficient. You know your tool. Proficient, know your tool and you'll only be good at something if you do it. So you have to get out and shoot. Mm. Simple mm. as that. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I like to do. But like you'll have everything in between. Like I said, you'll have that guy who shoots because his dad shoots mm-hmm. and he just, he likes to go out and go for a walk with his dad or mm-hmm. his friend and he may shoot or he may not shoot and he puts his gun into his safe every every evening cleans it every mm. once a year mm-hmm. and that's the sum that's mm-hmm. activity he has with his gun yeah. and you'll have a lad that likes to go out every week mm-hmm. and he'll clean his gun every second week and mm-hmm. then you'll have you know you have you have all aspects of it and the guy who cleans his gun even he doesn't need to clean the gun yeah it's sometimes just fun, yeah. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just like to shoot my gun and i like to clean it yeah <laughs> but um you'll have everything in between it's like anything it's mm-hmm. like any aspect like sports mm-hmm. football hurling yeah. you have all these guys you have a, one extreme to the other but I, I i personally myself think that everyone should and it goes back to what we said about training earlier mm-hmm. um you can be trained but you need to maintain 
the ability. Yeah. So they'll only do that by getting out, get onto the range, shoot in a safe place, mm-hmm. check the, check your rifle shoots the way it should do, mm-hmm. maintain it, get out and hunt. And have that basic enjoy, knowledge. Enjoy it because mm-hmm. you you you're, you don't know how blessed you are to be able to get out, walk the hills, walk the mountains, get in touch with nature mm-hmm. and hopefully take a responsible shot on an animal and be a part of the food chain. As opposed, as opposed to going to Tesco's yeah. and buying something wrapped in plastic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, such, it's such, a, yeah. such a beautiful thing. That's, that's, a, that's, you're, you're, that's, that's one of the arguments like, yeah. with, 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 with vegans, which you mentioned, yeah. is uh, like the hunting is probably next best thing. You know, I think it, so. It, I it, actually think so. I, I, I actually think that next to veganism, as in the guys who are extremely anti- anything got to do with animals mm-hmm. being injured or harmed mm-hmm. I think hunting is the next best thing yeah because you're, you're, you're you take an animal out like that mm-hmm. there is no herding there's no injections there's no prodding there's no poking mm-hmm. it's not been farmed and that animal you know, lived natural lived life natural. going yeah, yeah. about this, his business or her business like yeah. whole life rather yeah. than being caged or anything caged, like that yeah, yeah. and it's like you said it's healthy it's it's lean yeah. nutrient dense yeah. protein it's like yeah, yeah. it doesn't get any better it doesn't than get that. any better than that and you are you have your hand in it from the minute you shoot it till when you serve it up and you eat it mm-hmm. or you serve it to your kids your family mm-hmm. a healthy meal Mm-hmm. and it keeps you healthy because you had to first get off your ass mm-hmm. get up the mountain or get out into a farm like we mentioned it's not easy field. no it's not easy you have to it's all good because you're 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 using your muscles to mm-hmm. walk out into the field you're getting fit you're mm-hmm. getting you're, you know you've you're out breathing fresh air it's, it's amazing it's fantastic yeah. and then you get to shoot an animal you get to take that animal home and you get to feed your family with yeah. it yeah I'm, I'm loving because this is this, this, this point. Oh, you you killed defenseless animal. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's 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 not defenseless. It yeah. it it evolved for the thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. It's defense mechanism. Mechanisms. Ag- exactly yeah. against the guys sense, like you. <laughs> sense of smell, hearing, just just eyesight. Everything. Mm. You have to be better than them at that. So it's a chess game, to a point. Where you have to know your you, your skills have to be honed to a point where you can comfortably go out and get in close enough yeah. to see and hunt that deer properly. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not it's not a given just because you've a gun that you're going to get an animal. Yeah. You can't say like I mean I could I can tell you now across that hill that we're looking at we're looking mm. we're looking out in the gap of Dunlow here now mm. it's beautiful I can tell you for a fact there's probably a hundred deer out, out out in that patch of ground out there. Mm-hmm. You won't even see. I him. can guarantee you. Unless you knew what you're doing, that you would not go out there and come back with an animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not that easy. You have mm-hmm. to, first of all, know where to go. You have to know how to get there without disturbing the animals. Mm-hmm. You could get to within 50 yards of it mm-hmm. and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to shoot this one. Mm-hmm. And the minute you pick up your rifle, they'll just for no reason walk away. Yeah. Even if you did everything right. Yeah. So, like, it's just, <laughs> it's not a given. It's not a given that if you go out with a gun to shoot a deer that you're going to come back with one yeah. not a given never mm-hmm. so it's the fairest it's the best way I think yeah. to, to feed your family absolutely yeah. listen I want to go I want to roll back a little bit just on to, to the shooting so so Wild Deer Association actually is actively promoting sport of shooting for, a, for a want of a better word as opposed or, to stalking well no 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 obviously i mean like that event that you mentioned right oh that, sorry the sour rifles yeah the sour rifles. so well, this is this is kind of like a you know relying that message that you said you yeah. know get out there and actually you know don't 
don't sh- don't only shoot when you're shooting at the animal. Go at the range, What's train, the range? and and kind of so that promote. Well, promote the the sour rifle thing is basically obviously it's a sour trying to promote their product mm-hmm. over other mm-hmm. Remingtons, Tikas, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the the reason they 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 got on board with the Wild Deer Association is because we're obviously we're hunters. Mm-hmm. They sell hunting rifles. Okay, it's a tool. The reason I'd, I'd say to anyone to go along to it is because mm-hmm. maybe they'll find a gun that they like there. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, we'll we'll get the advantage of having mm-hmm. to go with these guns without the, yeah. without having to buy one. Yeah. So um, yeah. Sour get the advantage then of getting a whole new set of uh, potential customers. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. good for everyone. Yeah. We'll, we'll promote that event. Like, like yeah. I said, that podcast is probably not going to be up before that event, but we'll promote that and yeah. I'll I'll do my best to be on the event as well. And yeah, you should do it. Like, like I said, it costs us nothing. We, we go there. Sour are, are bringing the rifles. Mm. They want people to come and see them. Mm-hmm. You get the chance to shoot them. You might never buy one, mm-hmm. but you might say, that's uh, something I'd like in the future. Least, at least I have it in my hand. But at least you know. At least I know. At least you know. Yeah. And like that, unless you go, you'll never yeah. know. Yeah. I want to touch on one more thing. And uh, can can you speak a little bit about uh, clothing? Clothing for clothing for, clothing for, for hunting? Because that's, okay. a, that's very... That's actually one of the things that contributes to difficulty of it yeah. that, that you need to know. You need like... like but the first time, it was like a three years ago, first time I, I went for a hunt... Uh, the the guy who was who was uh, you know I was organizing that told me told me something that at the time was to me was completely something I would never thought. he said like make sure you wear something that is not making noise make sure you ha- don't have a noisy you know jacket and in that moment it occurred to me that the jacket I was planning to take it was like it makes these you know noises yeah, yeah. each time I I move around it's like yeah. so this is this part and there's a there's a temperature right because mm-hmm. when you when you lying in a ditch and kind of try to ambush animal you get cold yes right then then your 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 shoes you you, you get wet feet and mm-hmm. probably I heard somewhere there is like one single thing that ruins most of the hunts are your wet feet, feet and yeah, so yeah. on so can you can you give a little bit of a comments and advice okay. with relation to well, what I'll say to you is and I. I don't advocate any particular brand. I think mm. they're all very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a pair of hunting trousers on me. And it, like you say, there's uh, soft areas in between your legs where mm-hmm. you're likely to rub mm-hmm. as you walk. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't make noise. That to me is not that important. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I find wearing, I've worn all sorts of clothes mm-hmm. over the years. Um, but oftentimes it's your own mental Mm-hmm. It's what's in your head. Mm-hmm. If you if you've got a positive attitude, if you've got all the all the that stuff squared away, you're going to think to yourself, right? I'll get a deer. I'll get out. I'll, I'll enjoy the hunt. It may mean more to you than it does to the deer. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, if you do everything right, it'll work out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But having said that, I do have clothing that is soft, mm-hmm. that won't make noise, that mm-hmm. is breathable, that mm-hmm. has a couple of layers. Even in in this pants here, just mm-hmm. two to three layers in it. Gore-Tex, breathable. It's all about comfort. If you're not comfortable, you're not going to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what I will say to people is about their shoes. Mm-hmm. Probably the most important thing mm-hmm. that I've learned over the years mm-hmm. is get a good, comfortable pair of boots mm-hmm. because you're going to be walking in them. If your feet get cold, you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. I bought a pair of boots there a couple of years ago and I have them for, this is probably the fifth year now. Wow. Um, I'm going to say they're, they're my little boots. But I'm not necessarily because they're Mendel boots, but similar are, are equally as good. Mm-hmm. They cost a couple hundred euro, but they're the cheapest boots I ever bought mm-hmm. because <laughs> I've bought them five years ago and I haven't had to replace them. I've bought 
boots for 80 euros, 100 euros, 120 euros, 150 euros, mm -hmm. everything. All the boots you think you might ever need. Wellingtons, all sorts of leather boots, all sorts of things. They have lasted no time and they get wet. The, mm -hmm. the minute they split, if a Wellington is good for a while, it keeps you dry, it's fine. Mm -hmm. They're never as comfortable as a boot. Mm -hmm. um, they might split after a while. Mm -hmm. You're wet again. You're back yeah. to square one. I bought those for, I think they were 260 euro. Mm -hmm. which isn't it's not a huge amount of money mm -hmm. but it's still a lot of money mm -hmm. for a pair of boots that you're mm -hmm. not going to be wearing to the disco mm -hmm. you're wearing mm -hmm. them out and I've had them for five years I wear them during the summer I've wear, I wear them on my motorbike I wear mm -hmm. them when I'm walking in the summer shooting rabbits mm -hmm. I wear them all winter up in the mountain mm -hmm. and I hate taking them off they're, they're comfortable. I can, I can, I can say that. Like, like each time we meet, Lisa, yeah. like I, I love those boots. Like I don't want to take them off. <laughs> my feet, my feet are bone dry. We were out mm. in the rain all day. Yes, my feet are so comfortable. Oh, we also were crossing yeah. streams. Yeah, we were crossing uh, we streams were crossing this morning. Streams this, this morning. First thing yeah. we did this morning, we yeah, walked yeah. into a wet field and crossed the stream. Yeah, comfortable. You spend whatever you can afford on a really good pair of boots, mm -hmm. some comfortable clothing, and you're good. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes by, you can save up and buy maybe better comfortable clothing. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is get a good pair of boots, spend as much as you can on a pair of boots. If I was to tell anybody anything, buy a good pair of boots because mm -hmm. it'll make life so much nicer for you. When you're walking through fields, when you're walking up the side of a hill, exactly. when you're walking Sometimes through a bog. Sometimes walking, you're walking through the yeah, uneven terrain and they, you kind they of They support you. They, they, they keep your toasty, warm and dry. Mm -hmm. So important. And then, obviously, then the clothing layers. Yes, layers are very please. important. You have your trousers. Everyone is different. I, I'm quite warm blooded. I don't need too much to keep mm -hmm. me warm. Mm -hmm. Plus, when you're walking up a mountain, you're going to sweat. Mm -hmm. A good light jacket, two or three layers. Mm -hmm. So you start off with a base layer, preferably something that will wick away any kind of sweat when you do sweat. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sweat too much. So what you do is, if you're walking up the side of the hill, you have a jacket that you can zip down and un unzip. You don't want to have too many too much weight in your jacket mm -hmm. because it's only adding to the weight fair enough some people like to sit in a high seat yeah by all means get a big heavy jacket sit in your high seat to mm -hmm. your jumper on your shirt on your t-shirt on all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff that's fine if you're out hunting actively you need to dress appropriately mm -hmm. so you need to have a light base layer maybe a shirt then your jacket and if it gets really warm you can take your jacket off mm -hmm. that's you have to dress appropriately to suit the season. And is as well. it like would you would you would you confirm that the wearing cotton as a base layer is not a good idea? That it, it has to be like you said something that weeks away. I don't I don't know what my base layer is made of. I probably, just know it's a bit. Not I have a merino. Like a I have merino. a merino wool. Yeah. Uh, top on here now at the moment, mm -hmm. and I just have a cotton deer hunter uh, shirt on. Yeah. Uh, over that. But yeah, but like, is it like a, 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 you know your 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 lay not your base layer? It's like a like a shirt. Yeah, that base layer there. It's I'm not sure what it's made of to be honest mm -hmm. with you. But again, the the thing is something yeah. that wicks away. It the, wicks. It's designed, and I looked it up. Like designed to wick away sweat. Yeah, that's that's what you want. It'll 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 keep you cool mm. when you need to be kept cool, and it'll also keep you dry because it'll take the, the sweat mm. away from your skin. It'll soak it into your shirt probably. Yeah, but like that now, if you're active. Mm -hmm. you're going to sweat so you need something that will take the sweat away because mm -hmm. when you stop if you for instance decide to walk up the side of a mountain and you stop and you sit down mm -hmm. you're going to get cold very quick yeah. so when you're walking up the side of a yeah. mountain you need to have your jacket open if you can Yes, you need to let the heat and then, you, and then you put put it when on you sit down. You put your jacket on. You close it up. It can be tricky. Yeah, it's it's it definitely can. It depends on where you're hunting, though. If you're hunting farmland or or maybe a little bit of forestry bef beside a few fields, and you get to walk in, sit down, 
wait for an animal to come and shoot it. Don't worry too much about it. Mm -hmm. Your Wellington boots, your cheap mm -hmm. boots will do you fine. If you want to walk up the side of a mountain mm -hmm. and get which out is, a bit which more. Which is most fun. Yeah, which is the best, I think. Um, you're really going to enjoy that, but you're going to have to have proper footwear. You wouldn't see someone walking like the hill walkers. They have really good footwear. That's the most mm -hmm. important thing. Really mm -hmm. good footwear and layers. Yes. That's where yeah. you go. That's that's what I found out. Even even when I was, uh, you know, for for angling is obviously yeah. clothing is is also kind of important. And so what I found out like then that uh, all the clothing for uh, made for sailors yes. are very good because it was very waterproof. Yeah. It was very well made and kind of robust and, and kind of expensive. Like, well, ob yeah. obviously, right? But like anything. Yeah, it was. A, but then kind of transferring into hunting, I find out it's not gonna work. Because number one, it's not it's not uh, uh, silent like yeah. like they can. Well, yeah. And secondly, it always have something like kind kind of like a uh, reflective element yeah, on yeah. it all over. But yeah. like no, 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 it's it's, it's probably it's not. designed for something similar but different. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, you still have the same. You need to be dry. You need to be waterproof. You need to be warm. Yeah, but you don't want plastic yeah banging yeah. off of things as yeah, you walk through a yeah, forest or if yeah, you yeah. rub off a branch but you know what you 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 said something that was that kind of resonated with me because you said that quite often it's more on your place more on your mind yeah, how you course, dress yeah. and i remember i don't know if you remember that but it was last year when when again we met at the at the shooting range And then, and I was not planning to go hunting or anything. Yeah. And he's like, "Will you go with me? You know, we might shoot something and so on." Yeah. And we went up on the on the farm, and I said, "Like, well, all that fancy clothing, clothing, right? That I have, and now I'm here with you know, like a pair of trousers and yeah, anything, yeah, like." Yeah. And you like look at me, it's like, "No, well, that looks fancy that's enough. Fine. That's okay." That's fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's yeah. Like, okay. Oftentimes, it's like the fishing lures. They say fishing lures are designed mm -hmm. to catch anglers. Mm -hmm. Anglers. Yes. It, the same thing goes. to... Buy obviously sensibly. Don't go bananas. If you, you can go with bananas if you want, but like some of this stuff is designed to catch the hunter, mm -hmm. as in it's a product that's been marketed to you. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, all you need is something that you're comfortable in, and it's warm and it's mm -hmm. reasonably keeps it reasonably dry. If you're lying down in a pool of mud, mm -hmm. you're going to get wet. I don't care what you're after buying. Yes. You can have a plastic suit. It just will keep your water will get into you somehow. Well, if you would have a plastic suit, you will you're, produce, you're you will produce the water. That You'll <laughs> produce the sweat. Yeah. So, like, it, just get something that you're comfortable with. It's mm. all about comfort. Yes. You, you're yes. comfortable. You're going to enjoy your day. Today, especially when it's raining, we spent the whole morning mm. walk around mm -hmm. in the rain. Yeah. We're, we're still in, we're still happy chappies. Yeah. We're walking yeah. around. We're happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're in like a cotton jacket mm -hmm. fleece or whatever yeah you'd be wet to the skin you'd yes. be you would be very unhappy exactly so, so, so dress appropriately tell me what's your what's your take on on camo because i i noticed like in america they're absolutely kind of feel like they're they're, they're bonkers about the camo and they're Bananas all that about it, yeah. totally well like here in 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 like a europe let's say it's not only are in uk but also like a mainland yeah. europe it's like kind of like green and green, it's like okay. is green it or brown it, yeah. yeah so is it is it a uh, case of different animal that is adapted to different things or is it just the you know specificity of the market and like you said that it's now been, it's everybody marketing. everybody yeah. being called like, oh i need to wear a camo yeah it's and all you about would, marketing you know yeah. i would just love go to the united states and just wear like a green thing and just be as well, successful I'll tell you, i would i would i would quite happily weather permitting of course walk out in a a Nike tracksuit mm -hmm. with whatever jacket you wanted on. And I would still, I still feel that I'd be as successful in those clothes mm -hmm. as I would be in the clothes I'm wearing right now. Mm -hmm. 
and these are specifically designed hunting clothes that I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're... But they're not camo. Just, just, they're just, just, there's they're kind of, people kind of who can't see you. They're brown. Just, they're just color. greeny brown. Yeah, they're yeah, greeny yeah. brown. They're, they're, they're appropriate clothing for a hunter. It, mm. We'll call it that. Um, it's all in your head. Yeah. If you... There's one thing you have to do is stand still. The second thing you have to do is make sure the wind is not blowing towards what you want to shoot. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you do those two things and wear whatever the hell you goddamn want... Mm-hmm. you'll be successful. Yes. Right? But at the same time, I wear these clothes because they're Gore-Tex lined. They're going to keep the weather somewhat at bay. Mm-hmm. Not 100%. They're appropriate. And I like to wear yeah. hunting clothes when I'm yeah. hunting, you yeah. know? So as simple as that. Hunting clothes can be designed a little bit towards catching the hunter. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's any need for any kind of camo patterns. There's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. D- d- they're probably designed maybe when you're hunting something like sheep which has a very good no. eyesight no I don't think so okay if you move I, I, if you move they see movement yeah uh, what you're wearing is secondary to that you know yeah. if you're if you're bobbing yeah. your head along they're gonna see yeah. that head bobbing along it doesn't matter what you're wearing yeah you know yeah. so yeah it, it. I just camo I, I personally don't particularly like camo Mm-hmm. patterns it becomes like a, almost like a like a city thing like yeah a, you know kind of disco yeah, yeah. there's nothing <laughs> wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it it just i i personally just think green and brown or whatever is fine yeah. you know it just i just think it's fine it's, it's classical it's kind of more yeah like, it's yeah. a bit classier maybe yeah. you can call it that yeah. but then it's in my that's what's in my head <laughs> what's in your head might 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 differ so yeah. you might you might enjoy the fact that you're wearing camo and you look you think you look cool or whatever yeah. that is you're blending in you're blending in <laughs> that's your thing that's fine but whatever gets you through the day at the end of the day the most important thing is staying still don't have the wind blown towards uh, that's a very good advice. Yeah, very yeah. good advice. final question on clothing yeah. what do you think about the uh, wearing uh, blaze hunter blaze or blaze orange nothing wrong with it nothing yeah I know but, but yeah. this is this is generally a safety precaution and yeah. do, is is that in a in a scenarios of hunting like most people are, will be hunting in Ireland and UK is that really required because I understand that in the areas with a high pressure like in the United States yeah. you have a public land yeah. you have a you know the season is fairly short yes and you have a, a lot of people in there yeah you don't know so it's good to be visible like in the it's, scenarios like we have the, do yeah. you th- do you feel like it's important it's the, I, would you I think there's that? nothing wrong with it mm-hmm. uh, I actually the hat that I was wearing today if I flip over one side of it it becomes mm-hmm. the hunter's orange mm-hmm. it's been tested on deer apparently they don't see it in mm-hmm. fact it's probably meant to be better than some of the clothes I'm wearing right now mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of the blaze orange stuff uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and there's nothing wrong with being safe yeah that's what that's so, what I'd say. So if you feel like you need to wear blaze orange, crack on. I don't personally look for it myself, but I'd have mm-hmm. no problem with buying a jacket with blaze orange mm-hmm. flashes or yeah. shoulder pads or whatever, arm pads, whatever the hell you want to call them mm-hmm. on it. But I wouldn't specifically go looking for one. I don't think I need it in mm-hmm. the places I hunt. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being safe. In fact, it's probably a good idea. Mm. To have some sort of blaze, a, a hat or a shoulder a, a collar or something like that that's blaze orange that just sticks you out a little bit for our eyes. Obviously, it makes no difference to the quarry you'd be shooting, mm-hmm. as we spoke about before, because mm-hmm. it's all about being still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 a good idea. It's a good idea to be safe. I I definitely wouldn't tell someone not to buy something that was blaze mm-hmm. blaze orange. It's a good idea to be safe. Cool. Yeah. Um, Paul, any any final thoughts and final comments on today? Well, in in general, to in our general. listeners. Well, uh, I hope this gets to a lot of people that understand that they need to get out, enjoy the enjoy the sport, 
learn as much as they can about their guns, about what they're shooting at uh, before they go out and hopefully have a successful hunting season and uh, enjoy their sport and try and pass that on to everyone they meet. Basically, if they, if you meet that vegan in the coffee shop at your lunchtime and you're talking to your friend about deer, don't just shut up because they told you to. Try mm. and explain it to them. Educate. 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 Educate yourself and educate people. Don't be an ass to them. Don't call them an asshole for not believing the same thing as you do. Just try and be nice and say, look, this is why I do it. If you don't like it, that's fine. See you later. All right. You know, move on. Powerful message. Yeah. Paul, thank you very much. I appreciate you. you doing that. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks very much. Bye. And that was another episode of Tommy's Outdoors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Outdoors Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Tommy's Outdoors. Follow us on Instagram at Tommy's Outdoors. And also, don't forget to, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yes, people, YouTube channel. Tommy's Outdoors YouTube channel. Uh, and obviously subscribe on any and all podcasting platforms to never miss an episode again. And uh, that's it. Until the next time, bye-bye. You just listened to an archived episode of the Tommy's Outdoors Conservation and Science Podcast. I invite you to take a moment and listen to one of the most recent episodes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it.